In the history of rock and roll, I think we had the shortest 100% lifespan of any major act. The whole creative history of The Loving Spoonful was compressed into one year, said Steve Boone, bassist for The Loving Spoonful. Between 1965 and 1966, The Loving Spoonful had seven consecutive singles reach the top ten of the Billboard Hot 100. The most successful of those singles, the only one to reach number one on the charts, is also ranked number 401 on Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs of All Time. The song's lyrics, an ode to summer in New York City, were actually penned by Lovin' Spoonful frontman John Sebastian's younger brother, Mark Sebastian, who was 15 years old at the time. Mark had written a poem for a class in school and received a failing grade from his teacher. When John Sebastian read the poem, he found himself drawn in by the line, But at night... It's a different world. Mark had this great chorus, and the release was so big, I had to create some kind of tension at the front end to make it even bigger, said John Sebastian. Sebastian and bassist Steve Boone made the music tense and jagged, leading to a single that was wildly different from the soft rock the band was known for. The song has been covered countless number of times, and both the original and some covers have been sampled in other popular music, including an interpolation or replayed sample of the chorus on the opening track of Outkast's 1996 album, AT Aliens. That's right, we're talking the Love and Spoonfuls, Summer in the City on Cover Me. Hot town, summer in the city, back of my neck getting dirt and gritty. Bend down, isn't it a pity? Doesn't seem to be a shadow in the city. All around, people looking half dead, walking on the sidewalk, harder than a match. That's right. It's Cover Me, the only podcast that talks about famous songs and their many cover versions and compares them against one another to find out which one is wheezing like a bus stop. I'm your host, as always, Jake Cressy, joined by my otherworldly co host. <laughs> bus stop. <laughs> Alex Mildenberger. Alex Mildenberger, wheezing like a bus stop. How you doing there? <coughs> now I'm caught. Well, yeah, it doesn't sound great. I'm doing all right. Even we, I've locked the house down. Locked the house um, down. Inter- which means here that I've closed all the windows because it's supposed to be very hot today. Oh yeah. And uh, same here, man. The sun is is coming on us. Hell yeah. Um. I, yeah. That's how I'm Perfect doing. Perfect day to talk about this Hoping song. Hoping it doesn't heat up too much. Which, the summer in the which, city, which is where I am, and what time yeah, it is. Yeah, and it's and where you are. complaining about the city being just too damn hot. Too damn hot. And just and doing a lot of things that is it's more difficult. I guess you can do during COVID, but it's not recommended. Yeah. Certainly not. Now, Alex, I was exci- I'm probably most excited this week to find out what you call a sample that isn't like a direct sample. And that is a, a replayed sample or interpolation. So when, if you were to like take part of a song, whether it's the melody or the lyrics, and just sing it yourself instead of directly like throwing in that sound file. Right. Because I mostly know this song from the fact that it's referenced in You May Die off the intro of AT Aliens. Right, and I totally forgot about that until you just said it. But that's a pretty cool bit. But there's a name for that. And did you already yes. say it? Was it the interpolation yes. thing? Okay. So I was... Yeah, I know. Um, what is it? Even on the 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 secondhand songs, sometimes says interpolated by, right? Yeah. No, or or is that on? No, it's on. It's on Genius. Oh, okay. Genius has that. It says interpolated by. Uh. But it doesn't list. You may die. Interestingly, it could be that the the version that you may die is interpolating is the Quincy Jones version. 
Hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Well, I did. Oh. Impressive. I try. I try real hard. Um, yeah, it doesn't list it there. Weird. Uh, Alex, what do you know about the Love and Spoonful? Uh, not a whole lot. I always heard that their name was, uh, was come, but apparently it might not be. That's like um, the most tame way to deliver come, just a, a spoonful. What is, what is this? <laughs> In a spoon? Like, I got, I got this. Yeah. Um. What is it? Do, do what you will with it. Well, apparently they got it from a, a song. Um, another song called Coffee Blues by Mississippi John Hurt. And in that song, it might be referring to cocaine or sex. Right. Or possibly just coffee. Yeah, some, some sugar for your coffee, maybe. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I like I know they have some other songs that I've heard of. Yeah. Do you believe in magic? Like, do you believe in magic? And that's pretty much it. Yeah, I think that's I think that's all it. All I know by them. Um so they got like at least two solid songs. Yeah. And both made within like a year of each other. So yeah, they're kind of a weird like enigma of a band because they came together, did some things, are still remembered, but like just fucked off after that, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, they had one hit in 1967, and then basically fuck all, and they broke up in 69. That's the loving spoonful, baby. Yeah. That's the history. That's the history. Um, madness. If you want Sheer madness to take a poem written by your brother and be like, that's rock and roll, baby. I know, although it's, it's more so rock and roll because... The teacher apparently failed yeah, it. Yeah, gave him an F. He was like, yeah, fuck you, I'm making money off of this, and then just yeah. releasing it. Can you imagine? As a, as a, as, and, and, and it's a hit. You, you'd be like, you know, 15, 16 in high school, and then, like, this song would come on the radio, because it was the 60s, everybody was listening to the same fucking music. You'd be like, yeah, I wrote that. Those are my lyrics. Like, your teacher would probably even hear that. She'd be like, ah. Degeneracy. Society is falling apart. Society is falling apart. Now, I, I have a theory about why the teacher gave it an F, and I think that's just because the chorus is about finding loose women. Yeah, really. It, it, it is... That's gotta be it, right? Especially in the 60s, and they're like, ah! Again, degeneracy. Yeah, exactly. Degeneracy. Let's talk about that degeneracy and analyze these lyrics, Alex. Please, let's. You open up with the first verse, which says, Hot town! Summer in the city. Back of my neck getting dirty and gritty. Um, pretty simple. It's hot in the city. And it's it's like a cloying heat. The city in spe specifically here is New York City, because that's where they lived. Yeah, does, does the idea of the back of your neck getting dirty imply that he's doing some sort of labor? Um, that could well be it. Because I'm not actually sure about that. I mean... No, apparently it's just that if you're sweaty, then dirt will stick to you. Yeah, because, yeah, if, if, like, if it's particularly, like, humid, it's going to stick to you, right? I've just never had problems with my, my neck getting dirty. And you're... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, Alex. Man, if you go through these annotations on Genius, everyone is just like, it's about how hot the city is. Here's a picture of a man with his head in a fountain. Here's a picture of someone eating an ice cream cone. Like, so hot in, in New York. Yeah. Because of the 
Concrete, I, I guess. guess. That, I that certainly plays Heat a role. radiates. Um, next, from there we go to Bin Down. Isn't it a pity? Doesn't seem to be a shadow in the city. Means it's noontime. Yes. And it's really bright, I guess. Yeah, so it's it's super hot, and you can't you oh. cannot find shade. You can't escape. You can't it. escape the heat, baby. And also, you've been down because you're a working man in New York, maybe. Maybe. Maybe, probably you not. You have a dirty. You have a dirty neck. A dirty, gritty neck. Which is probably good because it will keep the sun off like a bit. It's like animals who like roll around in mud as as like a sunblock. That's right. Yeah. Um, then from there, we move on to all around, people looking half dead, walking on the sidewalk, hotter than a match head. Hotter than a match head. Um, yeah, kind of like this almost like zombie, zombie imagery of just like people moving slowly because it's hard to move fast because you generate more heat. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the last line, hotter than a match head. I always heard just hotter than a match and then like, yeah. <laughs> Um, which means the same thing. Yeah, but like it doesn't matter if if you said hotter than a match, I would assume you were talking about the part that lights on fire. Cause, like, what's, exactly, it's it's what's the point otherwise? It's one step away from being like you know another love hurts sort of like hotter than a lit match head. You're like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, oh right, yeah. I thought you were just talking about matchsticks. Hotter than a match. It's just wood. What's hot about wood? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it gets a little hot if there's sun, but. Jeez, I don't know, man. Yeah, um, but yeah, just a lot of words that are like these are all the different ways that it's hot. Yeah, and it, but honestly, but honestly, I, like I think pretty solid for like a a high school level poem. Oh, absolutely. In terms of like, here's different ways I could describe it being hot. You'd be like, yeah, okay, this checks the boxes. Like, I don't know, don't fail the kid. <laughs> yeah, seriously, he's got good rhymes, got some good imagery there. Um. Yeah, it's it's solid, and it's, it it gives you the image of an overbearing summer that is, you know, kind of taking the life out of people. Mm-hmm. And then he contrasts it with the chorus, where he says quite directly, but at night, it's a different world. It's not this hot fucking desert. Go out and find a girl. Come on, come on. Dance all night. Despite the heat, it'll be all right. Was it still hot at night? I mean, yeah, I guess. I've, I've experienced summer in cities. It does. It's still warm yeah. at night. Still warm at night, but like it's manageable because now everywhere's a shadow. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially if you if you live at the uh, latitude, I guess, and um, altitude where we grew up in Calgary, um, it stays lit light pretty late. Yeah, later than uh, it would in New York, but I don't know how much. Um, yeah, they're definitely know. further south. Couldn't tell you, Alex. Anyway. Yeah, be curious. But I don't know. Uh, you know what? Actually, you can probably figure that out pretty easy if you go sunset. Sunset in New York City. That is 7.52 p.m. And sunset. In Calgary. It's 8.54. That's like an hour. An hour. Okay. Extra. So it's like a bit late. So they still have late. Yeah, they still got late. Late, late. Um, anyway, I thought I'd bring that up because it felt fun. Yeah, no, that's, that seems fair. Uh, Um, yeah, so he's saying at night you can, you can go do enjoyable things, like find women. Yeah, it's like the classic, this is a rock and roll song about 
having fun during the summer. Like, there's so many of those. Yeah. And we talked about fucking um, in the summertime, Mungo Jerry, which is yeah. like, talked like, about in the summertime. like a guidebook on we how talk- to get laid. <laughs> yeah. And, like, Summertime Blues is about that not... So there being yeah. something in the way of that and just being frustrated about it. Summer of 69 so like, is explicitly about sexual relations. In the summer. Yeah. Because, possibly because it's summer. Uh, and they're young people uh, in post-war... America. Where are they? These guys are from the United These States. They're from the States, um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's about that. That's what it's about. Yeah. And babe, don't you know it's a pity the days can't be like the nights in the summer, in the city, in the summer. So he just, he likes his, like, night during the summer. It's pretty dope time mm-hmm. because it's warm and you can go out and do stuff and not have to wear, like, big coats and stuff. Yeah. It's not cold. It's, not cold. it's warm. It's not cold. Right, exactly. It's about like things you can do when it's hot. It's we're, we're, this like this song stops a bit short of being like and go to the pool maybe. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like listing fun activities. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. So it's just like you know, a night is good. It it doesn't take the life out of you, and it it sucks that summer days can't be like summer nights. And then we come on to verse two, where he refers he expands upon what's so great about evening in the city, cool town, evening in the city, dressing so fine and looking so pretty. This this might be the line here that I'm assuming all of the lyrics were written by him. I don't know if these were added on later, but cool cat looking for a kitty. It's pretty. I mean, I would implicitly about getting some pussy, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't write that and turn it in in high school. No, probably. certainly not. Um, or I wouldn't have. And that's that. that like uh, verse two is about how fucking thirsty this guy is, because everybody around is looking hot, and I think himself included, dressed so fine and looking so pretty. Gonna look in every yeah. corner of the city till I'm wheezing like a bus stop. Uh, running up the stairs, gonna meet you on the rooftop. So he's going to great physical lengths to to find women. To find to to find some strange. Yes, as it were. As the the uh, old say, as the boomers say. As they might. Is is that a boomer term? I have no frame of reference. Certainly not our generation, Alex, and I don't think it's Gen Z. (laughs) Yeah, that is true. I don't think I've ever said strange in that context before. Yep. Um, But here we are. Here we are. Alex, till I'm wheezing like a bus stop? I don't get it. I don't get it either. I don't get it. Is it it. like... Oh, wait. Is there an annotation? There is, and apparently it was discussed uh, by Brent Mann on some kind of show he had. I don't know who Brent Mann is. Um, He's talked about this line and has concluded that it's just bullshit. Like, it's just a bullshit line. Okay. Uh, This suggests it might be the sound of brakes of a bus. Yeah, and if you have, like, a particularly busy... Like, I think when he says the city, he might specifically mean downtown. Uh, so like like some some right, bus yeah. stops will have multiple buses that hit that on their route, right? So then you get all those little <laughs> with the brakes, and then it's, so it's just like very consistent there. That it's still a kind of a weird line. Yeah, it's a uh... like it's a it's a stretch. You really have to think about it. Yeah, it really is. I think, but I, I guess he was reaching for city imagery. Otherwise, you could have said wheezing like a, I don't know, like a, 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 a wheezer, something that wheezes. What like, wheezes? It's asthmatic people. <laughs> Till I'm wheezing like an asthmatic. 
Yeah, it's yeah, it doesn't doesn't quite have the same um, ring to it. It's the same flow. Um, I like the genus annotation for cool cat looking for a kitty. Cause someone just posted like a clip art of a cat with sunglasses. Yeah. And also a cat sitting in a fridge. Yeah, and, and, and just the word or between them. <laughs> so, yeah, that's fun. And three upvotes um, on that. People are like, yeah, that's a good interpretation of this lyric. Mm-hmm. Yes, and of course, the final line talking about hanging out on rooftops, which seems to be like this quintessential urban experience that I've not had. Yeah. We've talked about it a couple times. I was going to say, uh, even a few months. 1962 is when the Drifters came out with uh, Up on the Roof. So it's possible he would have heard that in writing this. Probably. Um, but also just like this idea of, as we've talked about before, the roof being this like semi-profound place mm-hmm. of like, kind of this like place that can be more private but is still outdoors in the middle of a bustling city right um and it, it doesn't go into that but like it talks about the rooftop and i think that's why this sort of thing comes up there's sort of the the uh what's the word i don't know you don't know. I can't talk about like, I, think, I, I don't. I, I like. I want a word, but like I've, I've lost the right. word. Right. You talking about how like so this this verse kind of starts out. He's he's looking at every corner of the city. We's in like a bus stop. We got street imagery, right? And then yeah. the end of it takes us up to the rooftop to the the sort of uh, solitary place, the isolated location. Yeah, where it's more more calm. Yeah. Which also reflects the music, which we will talk about fairly, fairly soon. Because that is all of the uh, unique uh, verses. Yeah, they go through the chorus again, and then they do the first verse again, and then they do the chorus again, and that's that's the thing. And there's uh, some traffic noises in the middle. They do have sound effects. Made by what John Sebastian described as a hilarious old Jewish man. <laughs> That is a direct cool. quote. <laughs> That's great. That's great. With that, we're going to move into the, 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 the music, the noises, the instrumentation. Alex, what's going on here? What is going on here? Uh, comes in with just two notes. Um, it kind of slowly goes between them. It is just, I believe, just a half-step interval. Mm-hmm. It plays one, and then the other just... Which, oh, now I'm realizing, and I forgot to look into it, but it might be like the Jaws thing, like da na 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 na. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, but there is a, a tension there, and there's a tension throughout the whole verse, as well. And I know you talked about the tension, but I actually did not read that quote, but still came to the same conclusion. Well, uh, that this is a very tense part of the song yeah it's uh it's made there seems to be i think more of a descending pattern going on in the verse which is yeah i think adds to that um he refers to it john sebastian calls it the jagged piano part i don't know if he's referring strictly to the intro or the the verse composition as well Mm -hmm. but yeah jagged is another word that that comes up Jagged. jagged yeah it's kind of a cool electric piano sound um and 
there's that piano sort of riff that plays just playing chords they're like and it it all just adds to this like this it's just so it's very it's very tense and kind of makes adds to this like restless youth feeling that you get in a lot of summertime rock and roll songs this idea of like being held back and the needing to like be set free in this case by just the nighttime allowing them to not hide underneath and in uh, things and inside yeah i agree with that alex yeah along with the the organ you also get a descending bass line which is apparently why mm-hmm. steve boone has writing credit on this song is because he wrote like wrote the bass line um, two things people seem to remark upon online looking this up was one, that descending bass line, which, while maybe not like a, a Steve Boone original to have the idea of playing notes in a downwards fashion, was seemed to be like in the... No, they invented that in 1966. Yeah, along with the kinks. Before that, it. it was all upwards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, people seem to note this moment as sort of the popularizing of that, along with the popularizing of traffic noises in a song. Is it that popular? Um, well, this was a like one of the first hit songs to have traffic noises, is what the internet told me. So it's possible other songs had had it before, but saw no success. Ah, uh, so that's I can blame the love and spoonful every time I'm driving and a fucking car horn plays in the song, and I'm like, oh shit, what? Yes, and it's just in the song. Thanks, the love and spoonful. Thanks, the love and spoonful. Fucking jerks. my life. Yeah, so that's uh, the verse, ominous, and then it sort of gets louder as uh, like also the vocals kind of pick up as we get to the end of the verse to the, the match headline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you get those like repeated snare hits mm-hmm. that you see a lot in the transition between a uh, verse and a chorus. Yeah. And then that's, uh, and then, uh, what, like he says in that quote, a big release when we hit the chorus. Things seem to yeah. calm down quite a bit. Yeah, it is, like, absolutely very, very much, like, a release of that tension. Mm-hmm. Quite joyous. Um, you get a, an electric guitar that rings out some chords, very very relaxed style. Yeah, it's kind of, like, like shimmery, possibly jangly chords. Yeah. Um, and then they even have a muted guitar that's hitting the backbeat now. Yeah. So it's kind of a little, a little more, like, casual feeling and... I don't want to say funky, but like it's a little more like I also don't want to say groovy. There's got to be another word for it. It's uh, you know, but it's a little more danceable. It feels yeah. more like more like yeah, like a party. Yeah, it fits in with the the thesis statement of it being a different world. Like the the verses are yeah, quite harsh. Dance. These ones are quite danceable, quite quite not harsh, quite shimmery, jangly, happy. Mhm. It's party time. It's nighttime. Go out. Find a girl. Just one. Just find one somewhere. Anywhere. And you just need to find them. That's, That's all. It. You can you can you mark it, it off on your, your little guidebook. So, There's one, and then you go dancing. <laughs> and then I, th- I there feels like a vocal shift and maybe an instrumental shift in the second half of the chorus when he gets to the end babe line. Right. It definitely feels different. I know like that guitar goes away, for example. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they definitely have that like two halves of the chorus feel. Yeah. 
where it gets a little more focus. I guess it's kind of like describing things that happens, and then the second half is more of a direct speaking thing. Mm-hmm. Of like, don't you know? Isn't doesn't it suck that we can't do this during the day because of how the sun works? Yeah, it's like it's like a it's like breaking the fourth wall almost. He's been doing this whole narration, then he's talking directly to the audience, who is of course a babe. And he says, "I mean, obviously, yo, doesn't it suck Ye- that nights aren't like days, or vice versa?" Yeah, which is not profound, but like, I I just feel like this teacher was a little hard. Yeah, on this poem, I think the teacher is just upset that there was implications of trying to get some strange. Yeah, that's how teachers do sometimes. Yeah. And then there's a little bridge section with the traffic noises and a little, uh, I think it's, I don't know if it's, I think it's played on the guitar and the bass, that little. Yeah, the guitar is like kind of muted. Yeah. I think um, the EP also plays along. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, they're just kind of like doubling up. And you get that. And then it kind of pauses and then just goes back into the that piano riff like there's a couple seconds of silence and then you get that yeah and then it's mostly repeats from here yeah it's pretty much like the structure of it like they do another verse which is the first verse and then they do a chorus and then they do the bridge again Mm -hmm. and then um i think they just play the parts like instrumentally without lyrics yeah. So there's not that much to it. And they actually go through it several times, considering the song's under three minutes. They're just kind of like looping the same thing. Yeah, and then they fade out uh, on the instrumentals when they get to the instrumental version of the chorus. Yeah, which, uh, not the best. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's, yeah. Look how it's, it's, it, imagine if you took, say, the lyrics from a high school poem and tried to turn it into a song, <laughs> it just kind of runs out of steam. Yeah. Like, there's no way for them but, to even get a third verse in there. They're like, well, we've described the day. We've described the evening. What do we do now? It's, uh, you can't. There's nothing left. Yeah, and I would say... I mean, you almost get this kind of split. And I guess it doesn't matter that much. Like, split between... Like, you get verse day, chorus night... And then second verse is also night. Yeah. So it's like almost this like day night split. So, but yeah. So I'm I'm not trying to like say it should have been a different verse, but like I wonder if it had been. Yeah. If it had been a bit more like thematically coherent. Because yeah, even at the because you know and then he does this verse about the evening and then the chorus still says but at night it's a different world. Yeah. So and yeah, maybe there is a third verse about maybe deep night. Like the evening is the start of the night, right? Yeah. I guess maybe evening still is kind of like not nighttime and Yeah, and it's got that hustle vibe. Just... Like he's running around looking, wheezing yeah. like a bus stop. There's still a lot he's of like, work going gotta on. Gotta find a kitty before nighttime because if you wait till nighttime, they're all gone. Yeah. You can't get you can't get a kitty at night exactly so maybe verse three should be about the actual night the the success of uh, presumably fucking on a rooftop and then you know breathlessly yeah and then yeah like you know like the the prince barnyard sex verse is what we need on this <laughs> this does need a prince barnyard sex 
verse. Like most songs. I think, yeah, I think most songs would benefit from that, but like here, it's really obvious that you need that. <laughs> yeah, but you know. And yeah, so that that's how we would improve a, a classic level uh, song. song. Yeah, just from the mid sixties. From the mid sixties, Prince. But other than that, pretty catchy. It, it peters out, but you know, it's. <laughs> I mean, I obviously it it left an. an impression on a lot of people because it's been covered a lot and is the uh, the first version i ever heard of this was a cover yeah i think uh, that. Was, was that the stampeders um did the stampeders do a cover I of this so i haven't heard I their specifically version. Didn't no it, put it on i assume that would have been okay. your 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 touch point it wasn't it's actually one we we're going to talk oh, no, about is it sticks it is sticks. It's a, I'll get, we'll get into that in a bit um yes so that's really all there is to say about this one. It's ranked number 401 on Rolling Stone's greatest songs of all time list, which makes it apparently better than uh, Boys of Summer, which... Hmm. Uh, Possibly more important. Possibly more important. But I guess it's tough to say. Like, if you just call your thing best, that's pretty fucking vague. Well, they call it greatest, which uh, oh, impl- greatest, implies which some historical is status. also kind of vague, but yeah, it does have more of that. Yeah. With that, Alex, we're going to get into these cover versions because we're no nonsense today. The first one we're talking about is by B.B. King in 1972. The King of Blues. Beeps, we call him. He's the king of blues and apparently also one of the three kings of blues guitar, which is just three dudes with the last name King who are all pretty good at blues guitar. And are totally unrelated. Yeah. Yeah. Which is... Something. It is something. So yeah, B.B. King, we uh, briefly mentioned him on our Walking in Memphis episode because he has a song about Beale Street. Ah, that's right. That did come up. That did come up. Um, Otherwise, I don't know a lot of B.B. King. Like, not off the top of my head anyway yeah i know he's the legendary blues guitarist who died about five years that's ago. correct alex that's like pretty much my knowledge of of him yeah and the whole king of blues things thing oh yeah also another little fun fact he did an average of over 200 concerts a year when he was a working musician which is so many that's a lot that's <laughs> a lot um Way to go, BB King. Um, Another yeah. thing I heard about him was he just—he did not play chords. He was all about note, single notes. Okay. Like riffs and stuff. He was not a rhythm guy, right? Or at least not in terms of how we think of rhythm guitar as like playing chords. Okay, because I did notice on this track, there's not a ton of bl- like guitar in it for most of it. Yeah, a lot of it. Like he plays over a lot. Yeah. But, like, it's it's sparse in that, like, bluesy way. Like, they'll do some stuff. The rhythm bits, I guess, which is here, like, horns, and there's some harmonies with the voices. Yeah. Uh, like, choral voice. Um, and then he'll do, like, a lick. Yeah. And there's uh, so a, lot of, a lot of piano, too. Some really, a really good bluesy piano. Yeah, it's all, like, really good bluesy stuff. Yeah, it's, he really, uh, like, capitalizes on this sort of deathly feel of the first verse and translates that to music i think perfectly the sort of heaviness yeah and like part of that 
yes, there's a heaviness, and part of that is that it's slowed down. Yeah. Um, so it, it just gets this like more sluggish feeling. Because, I mean, in that first verse, they do talk about people looking half dead walking on the sidewalk. So, like, it kind of takes that and, like, translates it into the music. Mm-hmm. Adapts it. And, uh... Makes it feel more more zombie-like, more sluggish. Yeah, and we get that musical interlude, or, or intro, rather, at the start, which is just like a, a, a descending guitar solo with some uh, backup vocals doing some ooh, 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 and it just sets you right up for that atmosphere. And then, yeah, so the, this one we get a real, like, downtrodden verse structure rather than tense, necessarily, and then it's lifted up in the chorus by these horns. Yes, the horns do. I mean, horns always bring things up. Uh, this is another example of a song that like keeps the horns fairly low. Yeah. Like they they bring it up, but they're not like crazy huge horns. Yeah, it's not like a uh, fucking who was it? Pat Boone or uh, no Paul Anka with uh, Walking in Memphis. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was like too that was much. Way too much. No, this is a good amount of horns. I thought they did a great job of just just hitting when they needed to and then leaving. Mhm. Mhm. The yeah, and especially cuz like they don't stick around the whole time. Yeah. Or like they're used as a build element. Mm-hmm. Uh the other thing, the piano does that like jazz-esque thing, like it's it's in the blues sound, but like that kind of jazzy thing where it seems like it might just be playing whatever and just like doing some chords. Right. But I assume there's a method to the madness because it sounds bluesy. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, and like the the rhythm on this overall is just solid. It's that it's like very in the pocket. It's weird to talk about rhythm as being good in a song because generally songs tend to have good rhythm, but this is like seamless. And as we know, it's harder to play slow. That's right, baby. Um, yeah, good use of backup vocals on this. Uh, we get a, uh, I think, an instrumental breakdown around 240 where we get a little more uh, uh, blues guitar action that'll come in. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought this version was fucking tight, Alex. What do you think? Yeah, I, I liked it too. I thought it sounded, like, very cool. Mm-hmm. But not temperature-wise. Yeah, it sounded smooth, baby. Sounds hot, hot, but also cool. Also cool. Like the summer. In the city. In the city. In the summer. In the summer. In the city. Alex, let's talk about Quincy Jones in 1973. Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones is a guy who knows who killed he's JFK. He's been around for a while. He <laughs> claims to know who killed JFK, and I think he's even said who he thinks killed JFK, but I can't remember. I can't remember. I, t- I um, looked back at that Vulture interview he did, like, I want to say two years ago, and that was one of the questions the interview asked. And he's like, "What's one thing you wish you didn't know?" And he's, it just says, "Who killed JFK?" <laughs> Was that the one where you talked about how the Beatles were, like, not very good? Yeah, and he talked about, uh, he said some shit about Michael. Like, he said so much shit in that interview that I'm pretty sure he was convinced he was going to die the next day. Because he's like, might as well get it all out. I'm going to be dead. And then he continued <laughs> living. So people had to be like, uh, 
He was confused in the interview. Yeah, and Quincy Jones is still alive, which is somewhat impressive because he apparently, like, was... There was a point in his life where doctors thought he was going to die to the point where there was a memorial service held for him before he died, (laughs) and he's just still around. This was, like, in the 80s or 90s. Like, he's just still around. Damn. He's done a ton of work. Obviously, he's a recording artist. He's done a ton of, like, production work. He worked with... um, Michael Jackson yeah. a lot. Um, apparently, he worked on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. That's... Yeah, that sounds right. I believe that. Um, yeah, he's just done like a ton of stuff over the years. Yeah, his uh, his Spotify bio lists him as a band leader, solo artist, sideman, which I don't know what that is, songwriter, producer, film composer, and record label executive. Oh, right. He has a lot of titles that are like, first African-American too right do something do like he's so many like he just like did a lot of stuff and then like got an oscar nom so he was yeah yeah he's worked with miles davis frank sinatra uh michael jackson peggy lee ray charles paul simon aretha franklin yeah he's been working for 70 years <laughs> yeah so like wow wow quite quite a career quite a career quite a career on this one. and then he pulls out this version which is almost instrumental it is very close to instrumental. Um, also, this is like more jazzy, yeah. but it, it keeps the tension up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it comes in with more of like an organ. And and they stick with that descending bass pattern. Yeah. Um, and sort of like two organ things happening at the same time. One might be an EP. Sometimes right. It's hard yeah, to sometimes they're pretty close. Um, just like doing jazz things and it's like following the progressions from the song Mm -hmm. uh it's all based on the original of course uh but jazz yeah it took a while like when i was first compiling the playlist i was like is this one actually based on summer in the city or is this something else and since that like that piano line that's doing the the vocal melody is so soft i really had to focus but yeah it is there yeah no it's definitely hard to tell um like, there's a bit where it's just, like, jazz drums and EP. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't immediately sound like the lyrics. Yeah. I agree. Um, and it does seem instrumental. Um, but then there's a point about two and a half minutes in. Yeah. So this is after they've done several verses and, like, a chorus and, I think, like, a, an organ solo. Yeah. And they get like a, um, they get a, at least a violin on there, if not a whole string section that comes in. Yeah, there's some strings going. It's very rich for how quiet this one is. It does stay very low. Mm-hmm. It's it got that like simmering kind of thing. Like we talked about that, like under the surface, like young person's experience in the summer of like wanting, wanting to do something, but it's like too hot. Yeah. It was sort of, so we get that in a um, sort of like bubbling tension here where it's, it's just the quietness yeah. of the instruments. And then it, it kind of breaks for the chorus a bit. But even then, it's still very, you know, very smooth, very jazz. Yeah. And then you go through those uh, solos. Um, well, it's actually going to tell if it's actually a solo. But it seems like one. Yeah. And then suddenly you hear a woman's voice. Yeah, at about the two-minute mark, you hear uh, her coming with the vocalizations, and then 30 seconds later, we get actual lyrics. With a chorus. Yeah. And she opens with, uh, 
It's uh, it's the second verse, I believe, isn't it? Oh yeah, sorry. Or is it the chorus? Um, no, she opens with the chorus. She opens with wheezing like a bus stop. Running right. Up the stairs is gonna meet you on the roof. That's right. So it's the 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 end half of the second verse, and then she gives a full yeah. chorus. And I think she says, "Ain't it nice just to be a girl?" Just to be a girl. Yeah, this is now a perspective change mm-hmm. that doesn't do a whole lot because they don't sing very much of the song. Yeah. Uh, but she likes to be a girl, which is good. Yeah, and it's interesting. I think she has a good voice. I don't know why they didn't just have her sing the whole song. Yeah, it is kind of odd that just halfway through they kind of throw her in. And it also seems like maybe she did record the whole thing because... They, they like start halfway through a verse but I don't know yeah especially you start with till I'm wheezing like a bus stop like why are you wheezing like a bus stop yeah what, what were you doing? doing yeah we lose out on so much context what's the what's, uh, what's going on We're like well didn't didn't the instruments answer that question yeah. maybe that sounds like something Quincy Jones would say <laughs> that does seem like something he would say I believe that yeah. um yeah um jumps cut for is going on what else happens in here it's a lot of jazzy stuff um there's a bit where where the vocalist does some like freestyle humming yeah um and the bass actually the bass does this a couple times where it plays really high up oh yeah kind of does like a melody um and that's always a fun thing it is to hear. and it's uh i think you think it's well, just regarding bass, just something I've I've noticed watching bass players lately. Mm-hmm. It really seems like like jazz bass players will play like higher up the neck. That's where they'll like pluck the strings from. Right. And when rock and roll and particularly punk, it's like very low, close to where the strings are attached. Right. Um so I'm assuming that's what this guy's doing, is playing higher up the neck. Yeah, I think presumably so yeah, <laughs> that would jazzier the sound. notes are a little cleaner up there, yeah, a little jazzier. Yeah. You can hear all the fancy footwork or finger work, rather. Whereas if you play a little lower, Maybe you can both. muddy it up huh. a bit. Yeah, I don't know how you guys are playing your basses out there. Um, Yeah, uh, and for a, a jazz version, it's four minutes, which is, I think it's the longest version today, but as far as jazz versions go, pretty tight. It's not even. <laughs> it's not even the longest version today. Oh, shit. Uh, but it's close it's to close it. close to it. Oh, yeah, it is close. Second. Second longest, yeah. But uh, I, I, th- I thought it was pretty welcome. It's obviously some expert musicians working here. I mean, if you're working with Quincy Jones, so it's a bit of a cheat over some of the more amateur jazz acts <laughs> we get yeah. on here. Yeah, absolutely. This one, this one, all feels like it understands the song and just again, similar like this one and the BB King one both have that. They're just translating into two different styles, very successful. Yeah, it's just they masterful. both know what the original's going for, and they both translated into sort of a different language successfully or dialect yeah. or however you want to define to it. To the point that people do believe Quincy Jones wrote the original. Like it's and you could Which is weird cuz the lyrics aren't even in this. Yeah, it's, it's insanity. <laughs> but, but like I went to the YouTube page, I can't remember why, I was looking for something. And then people were just like, "Oh yeah, this is a great Quincy Jones song." And it's like, "It's by the Loving Spoonful." And, you know, you know when that's all a YouTube comment section is—two is comments basically repeated till the end of time. Ah uh, yes, cover songs on YouTube. Yeah, buddy. With that, 
We're going to move into the 1975 cover by T. Swiss progressive Jesus. heavy metal act. What? But but Jake, haven't we talked about Swiss progressive heavy metal acts? Yes, Alex, recently? we have. In fact, this this <sighs> band features the vocalist Mark Storace, who became the lead singer of Crocus, who we talked about fairly recently. Yeah, we talked about him a couple times. We talked about Crocus on the the NIB episode, where Mark technically mm-hmm. isn't featured because his vocals aren't there. That's and right. then we mentioned them again in the Love Hurts episode because didn't the lead singer for Nazareth? No, the lead yeah, did the was did Mark become the lead singer for Nazareth or there there was something going on. Now I'm I can't remember. Uh, I think they shared a member. It might have been a guitar player. Yeah, it might have been a guitar player. Cuz I think Oh no, cuz the lead singer did quit and I think they're still going with a different guy. Yeah, it might Let's be. Let's find out. I'd have to look that up Let's again. Let's see if I got I don't remember. Mark Starache's name pronunciation right. It's uh yeah I, I got no it it's it's not Storace Storace he's Maltese oh cool hang on I'll, I'll just um, fucking do a quick Nazareth on his damn he he toured Europe he toured he's toured with Nazareth but as part of T I believe oh um yeah it's the only match for Nazareth yeah it must have been somebody else nonetheless we're talking about um, his basically Mark Storace's first band he was in uh carl sentence is the new lead vocalist mm. of uh of nazareth who was in crocus uh. as well a different a different crocus uh, actually i don't know if he's a vocalist in crocus but he was in crocus. in crocus all right we solved the mystery way to go way to go us um so these are guys that have some history obviously uh, in switzerland and this is the first one that does more of a hard rock thing. Yeah. Um, with some influence, I uh, think, from the B.B. King version, just based on the presence oh, of those okay. horns. They do have some horns. Yeah. Um, I think it opens pretty cool. I, I guess it, you really got to try to ramp up that tension at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, and the original is, like, very basic. It does tension by, like, doing a small interval jump. Mm-hmm. Um which is cool, uh, but, like, pretty straightforward. And what they do here is they hit, like, a piano key just over and over again. And, uh, and like, that guitar sound that I don't can't think of the, the name waka of. The waka Yeah, exactly. And it does a pretty good job of creating some tension right off the bat. Yeah. And uh, I think the the vocals on this are very strong. He's got a strong, uh, hard rock voice. Yeah, I was, like, pretty straightforward, but, like, for a reason. Because it's it's very, like, hard rock sound voice. Like, kind of compressed, kind of gritty, Mm -hmm. gruff sound to his voice. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very much of its time. It's this version in a lot of ways is just if you took the original and made it just more hard rock. It's just like a like a it's a quick shift from rock to hard rock. 
Yeah, and throw some horns in, which and a string I section. A lot of, we get like orchestral arrangements on this. A lot of mid seventies hard rock. Yeah, but it's unusual. I guess Switzerland's a different place. That's right, baby. Um, yeah, they do come in with strings later on, uh, in like the successive verses. Yeah, and then yeah, horns, and then yeah, it's like it's hard rock stuff. The guitar, it's guitar solo. Um, they do even more like car sound effects. Yeah. Um, they fade out like the original. There's a real aggressive uh, low bass pattern that runs, I think, in the bridge section with the traffic noises. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very big, this version. Yeah, I think really the thing that stood out the most to me was, like, those horns. Yeah. Um, because it's kind of not expected. Um. I think it's less interesting than the last two. Yeah. Just because they kind of switched up the genre f- and feeling so much while while sticking with the feeling of the song uh, overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is less of a bold leap and uh, less done in that leap. It's still good, I think. I think it does it does a great job of being what it is. But, yeah, it's not quite exciting. I have to agree with you on that one. With that, we're going to move on to the next one, which is uh, Butthole Surfers in 1999. The Butthole Surfers. The Butthole Surfers. American rock band, in my opinion. Legendary band name. Very important band. Yeah, that's definitely an important uh, band name. They they're in the punk rock, hardcore, maybe, um, like spectrum hardcore punk. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they're cut jokesters. Their name is Butthole Surfers. Like, yeah. If they called themselves the Butthole Surfers, but were a very serious band, that would be a real shock. Mm-hmm. But they are not. Uh, I honestly don't know much about them. No, me neither. I, I looked through their much. top songs on Spotify, listened to them, didn't recognize a single one. Yeah. I think I only know I these know... guys by name. Yeah, I definitely know the name, in particular because um, sometimes when the idea of like 90s music comes up, someone will be like, Butthole Surfers, so 90s. Like, yeah. And the name definitely rings of the 90s. Um, and that sort of style of humor that would have been popular at the time. Uh, but the only other thing, like I was watching Umbrella Academy. Yeah, buddy. And one of their songs is in the second season. Oh, shit. I didn't notice it. Um, I only know that because I had the subtitles on and it said like song name by Butthole Surface Place. (laughs) I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But I didn't recognize the song other than that. Alex, you becoming one of those lunatics who watches every show with subtitles on? Uh, actually, what keeps happening is I, fr- I I have them on, but I forgot, and I literally tried to turn them on the other day because I forgot, and they were already on. I didn't need to. I was like, there's going to be some background noise. I'm going to need subtitles, and I was watching with subtitles, and had been for the past, like, 40 minutes. Uh-huh. Well, then. So, yeah. I used to, That's what I used happened. to live with a guy who exclusively had subtitles on, and it was just, I don't know, man. It's just... Sometimes, sometimes it helps. Sure. 
Like I've, I've, but sometimes I got to turn them off, especially in comedies when I'm like, okay, the joke keeps getting ruined before I know the timing of the delivery. And like, I get it's funny, but it doesn't hit the same. So I just, I have to turn them off. Now. Yeah. Good call. All right, Alex. But, uh, like if, if I'm brushing my teeth, sometimes it's hard to hear what they say. That's right. Because my toothbrush is vibrating. You, got, so you take a hundred years to brush your teeth. And I take a hundred years to brush my teeth. <laughs> All right. Fair enough, Alex. So this version uh the butthole surfers surfers. um starts out with like the low like really low piano like the kind of piano notes you that only children play when they see a piano like these ones are really low and then they just hit those two yeah and then he really gets it like rumbly you really hear the like piano hardware yeah sort of in that sound yeah buddy and it it's the same as the original the the notes from the original at the beginning yeah but kind of a bit slower um you get it kind of that like sluggish feeling because it's like a bit behind Mm -hmm. even though there's not really a rhythm but it because they play it twice and it doesn't feel quite you know it feels slow yeah dog yeah um and then everything gets i think the drums on this are a drum machine or at least they don't sound very organic to me yeah, they they definitely have that sound to it, and I don't really know. It's kind of like a hip hop beat almost. Yeah, like just on the drums. And we do get some noises um, on this that kind of sound like your '90s ass record scratching. <laughs> yeah, I think that's like feedback and electronic noises from a guitar. Yeah, though. but yeah, it has that that sound to mm-hmm. it. They're like. Combined with a very kind of uh, a cheap sounding keyboard noise. Cheap sounding keyboard. Yeah. Very treble. Yes, yes, very high, kind of um, over amplified sort of sound. Yet really get the like rough edges. Yeah. It's. Um, uh, the other thing, uh, they have. Multiple singers. Yeah, which seems like a weird choice. Yeah, which is weird, but it's also like they have the sort of punk sound of like they're not the best. Right, and so it's that that good times kind of gang vibe. Yeah. Um, And uh, does he have anything else to say about that? I don't know. I don't know, dog. Um, He doesn't sing very much. He sings like the first half of the, the chorus, and then he goes, I think back... And you know it's a punk rock song because he says noits. 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 In the noits. But not quite that. Not quite that. (laughs) That much. Yeah. But it's there. You can hear it. It's a little bit. Yeah. So there's a lot of noise in this one. Uh, We get an instrumental break that sort of sounds like like tape unwinding. Tape on yeah, like a when is that? That's uh like around one seventeen. You get noises in there like when it reminds me of when like a cassette tape goes fucking haywire. But you know what? It's actually just a jackhammer. Maybe fast forward sound. Yeah, it's kind of it's like older school sounds they're creating on this. I don't know how current they were in nineteen ninety nine, but. This definitely feels like a product of its time, but it also sounds fairly distinct. Yeah. Um, and like kind of adds that like punk edge, at least in terms of how they're performing it. Um, so I do find it endearing. Like it has similar um, goals to 
like the BB King and the Quincy Jones version. Right. It's maybe not pulled off as elegantly, but that's maybe also the point. Yeah, maybe. It comes off very muddy. Like I feel like everything kind of just gets lost in the in the mix. Like there's just a lot of stuff. Yeah. Between like this guitar and some like car sound effects and like the piano's really high and there's a screechy sound in there too. Yeah, and then you got the the singers changing on you and you go, oh what the fuck? Like there is guitar there, but it's often barely heard. Except for this guitar yes, solo near the end. Yeah, some strange levels. I agree. Yeah, the, there's. A, I couldn't decide if it was even a guitar solo, because it was like kind of in the background. Yeah, I think it is. It's that real again. It's very '90s styled, like distorted and strained. It feels like it should be. Yeah. And it must be, but it it is mixed oddly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I wasn't really taken with this one. I, I like I said, I, I found it endearing, but like maybe not as successful as some of the earlier ones. Yeah, and then it kind of just dies out at the end instead of fading out. It goes like, right? They do the like power down sound. Yeah, yeah. So there's kind of some like weird electronic elements there that I that weren't out of place necessarily, but I don't know if I totally understood them. Yeah. Um. With that, we're gonna move into the 21st century. With sticks in 2005. Sticks. Yeah. Sticks off of their Big Bang Theory album, which is an album of covers. Um, That I got out of the library one time. Right. And that's where you first heard this song? That's where I first heard this song. Oof. Um, <laughs> I'll be honest. I, like, I listened to a couple tracks off of this album. They're pretty shitty covers. Yeah, these ones haven't, for me, really stood the test of time. But um, I listened to this and Rush's feedback around the same time. Right. And I mostly used them like as jumping off points to listen to the originals. Right. So that was a pre- like pretty soon after I heard listened to this. I looked. I like went and looked for the original version of this song. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is like uh, 2005 to me represents the a point in time where no like 70s rock and roll artist could release a good album. Like like they all just forgot no. how to make music in like from 2000 to 2010. Yeah, it was a, it was a strange period. Even like kind of stretching back into the late 90s. Oh yeah. Um. But it, yeah, it took a while, possibly earlier even. But yeah, it took a while for them to refine their bearings in like the modern world of music, and this was a part of that. Yeah. Um, I their version of "Locomotive Breath" doesn't include the piano intro, which is weird because this is Lawrence Gowan's. Yeah. So like, I don't fully understand that, but it's not there. And yeah, that part's so integral to that song. Yeah. Why would you willingly release a shittier version of Locomotive Breath? A great song. Yeah, that's tough. Um, I like... I Only because I actually haven't heard the original. They have a cover of A Salty Dog, which I believe is a Procol Harum song. Okay. Uh, it's a fun song, because you get to hear Lawrence Gowan say, A Seaman's Log. Yeah. But <laughs> that's pretty much it. Gross. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Sticks version. Um opens with traffic noises. 
Yes, it does. If I switch to the right song, it will open with some like honking sound. And then sounds. this heavily distorted guitar. It's uh, this is this is of course sticks without Dennis DeYoung. Yeah, no Dennis DeYoung. This is post Dennis DeYoung leaving, post Lawrence Gowan joining. This is, and I, I think sticks only works with the tenuous balance of Dennis DeYoung versus the rest of the band. Is yeah, it's definitely one of those things where the char or like part of the appeal is the fact that there's like two sides that don't really agree with each other and and don't want to find a way to combine together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So without Dennis Young, Styx is an odd. Because like I thought, show me the way Styx was like bad, but this is pretty fucking shitty too. On the other end. <laughs> also, I mean, that was I think show me the way Styx was without Tommy Shaw, or was he there at the time? I don't remember. But yeah, so this really heavy distorted guitar that is so. I don't know. It feels like trash. Um, Tommy Shaw has trouble singing the higher parts on this. I don't know why they didn't use Gowan for this, because he probably could have sang it. This, uh, weirdly enough, this also, a lot of Sticks albums feel like they're kind of all doing their own thing and kind of bring it together at the mm -hmm. end. And I think that's what's happening here, too, because you can definitely, like, the different songs really feel like, this is the one Tommy Shaw did, this is the one James Young did, this is the one Lawrence Gowan did. Right. Like, like they all feel separate. Yeah. And I think that was probably it. So it was Tommy Shaw singing because this is the one Tommy Shaw wanted to do. Right. And he does like some classic uh like sticks vocals um around what is it, one forty four? The way just the way he sings that line is like it's very stick sounding to me. Like the way it kinda like flows. <laughs> yeah. It's it's yeah, he flows it like it's a stick song. Yeah, um, let's see. Uh, one thing they do is they have, in the chorus, the band, like, joins in, and they do a whole, like, group sing thing. Yeah. And then the second one, they don't um, do that, which seems odd, but they still actually do manage to bring up the intensity a bit because he's singing more intensely. Right. Um, and... The thing I do like about this version of the chorus is when he does the last two lines, the summer in the city, he like kind of sounds out of breath at that point. And it's like a bit behind. Right. So it feels like he's trying to catch his breath as he sings. So he like falls behind the beat a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So I thought that was a good effect, to, at least in itself. Because it has that musical theater element to it where it's like, oh, the summer's so hot, I can't even catch my breath. Yeah, and you like don't want to pant because that would make things really different. Right. But you kind of add that effect to the song by just slowing it down a bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. Um he uh he closes with the words in the city are his his final actual words, and then he makes an ah like he's just had a a, a refreshing drink. He goes ah. Ah. Yeah, I didn't like the backup courses on this. I, it's it's like sticks without sticks. Yeah, it definitely feels weird. It's something I'm a little more used to because I've listened to this more. Right. Um, but it, it definitely is different. Um, I It's not one of the more interesting covers. No, it's very by this, the book. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. And like most of the ending is just kind of 
we put a solo here because that's what you do. Yeah. At the end of a at the end of a short song, um, which is fine. It's not a bad guitar solo. No, that's um, forgettable. But it ends up, yeah, yeah. It's not super. Like compared to some of the other ones now, definitely not one of the more interesting covers. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got nothing else to say on this one. That's that's it for All me. All right, we're gonna move to the distant year of two thousand five to talk about Oof. Manfred Mann's Earth Band. Alex, tell me everything about Manfred Mann's Earth Band. Oh, it's too much. <laughs> tell me some of it. Uh, Manfred Mann is a South African band leader who led bands, or born in South Africa. And anyway. every one of them yeah. had to have his name in it for some reason. Every one of them had to have his name in them. So the original was Manfred Mann. They did Mighty Quinn, which we talked about way back. Yeah, I want to say um, November of like 2018. It's very possible. I think it might, yeah. I mean, I could look right now what year it was. It was definitely 2018, and it was November, yeah. Look at this guy. Um, and he's, he doesn't sing, so like, or maybe he does, I don't know. But he doesn't sing in his bands. Uh, he's like a band leader. So I've always thought it was interesting that like you could listen to a bunch of different Manfred Mann or Manfred Mann's Earth Band in this or case. Or Manfred songs, Mann Chapter kind of like 3. Have different voices. Right. Which I haven't listened to before. Um, but this one is from an album called Odds and Sods, Mistakes and Outtakes. And uh, it doesn't specify which this is. Right. It has to be from the 80s, right? Like, there's no way they recorded this in 2005. I don't know. It's got a it very does, it's, 80s it's kind vibe of like to it. awkwardly electronic. Yeah. And like you really get that like polysynth thing. Yeah. So there's a lot of synthesizer in this one. Um and like a horn synthesizer. So this one also has that horn sort of part, yeah. but it's on the synth now. Yeah, so we open with like ambient synth and a bit of traffic noise, and then we get this like synthetic flute. I thought, yeah, I guess it's flute-like. It's synthy. I I thought it was kind of horn. Oh yeah, maybe it's more of a horn. But like it being a synthesizer, it could be both. Like, That's right. That's the joy of synth. <laughs> um, and then it does that for like just a little bit, but then, like you said, go, goes into like this kind of electronic beat. Yeah. Or did you say that? Yeah. Well, we anyway, yeah we go from that to it. sort of a hard rock beat. Actually, it's that don't don't don't. And then eventually this like fucking Donkey Kong country ass synth comes in to do some rhythm. Yeah, there's like there's a rhythm synth doing like a like there's a synth line playing over. And it's all like it's all very cool. Like this song is very interesting to listen to, but I completely lose the the lyrics in this. I completely forget what they're about. (laughs) Right, it doesn't it doesn't maintain that same like feeling and even that like tension into release mm-hmm. thing very much. Um 
Plus, they have like they have a few different singers as well. And I think there was a while where the band had like two lead singers, and this sounds like they have at least two. Yeah, I think maybe even a third one. Yeah, I'm trying to remember because I thought I might have heard two men and then the and then a female. I believe that's right. Yeah, so you get sort of a similar breakup to Butthole Surfers, where one guy goes on the chorus, one guy's doing the verses. And then there's like a backup female voice that eventually takes over at around a minute and 30 seconds. Yeah, like they start singing together and then she kind of does her own, does it on her own. Yeah. But yeah, this has like a lot of synth in this version. So I can see why you would say 80s. Uh, and I can definitely see this being older than 2005 because this seems like we found some old recordings. Give us money. Yeah. Kind of we situation. chucked them together so we could use a little extra cash. Um, and this is, this is the longest version. It's like 440, basically. Yeah. Um, and like, there's some, there's some cool stuff here, like cool sounds and like funky synth. Um, and like, there's a kind of cool synth solo followed by a second synth solo, like, um, but it does feel a bit unfinished, unpolished. Yeah. Like, like it wasn't an official like it wasn't they they didn't put it on a release for a reason. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it has that that quality to it. Like it's maybe a bit long and they maybe could have worked out a few other things. They were trying different stuff and it didn't end up making anything. They didn't finish yeah, it. Yeah, it could just have but a more it coherent vision to it. Yeah. And like all the parts are fine. And sound like maybe it could have been a little more interesting if they had worked on it a bit more. Yeah. Like that rhythm um, synth that's kind of high up. That... Like, it's cool. Like, like mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff is very cool, but it's all just, it's just a lot to take in. Yeah, it's not really what I was expecting from Man for Man's Earth. No. Um, and... But they do, and they also end up doing like a lot of repetition where they probably didn't need to. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's that's what I thought of this one. Yeah. It was like, like needed a bit more work, but it was also released in like an awkward old recordings type, um, type album. Yeah. By the looks of things. A strange one to be sure, and like worth checking out just to just to hear it. It's crazy. Um, with that, though, we're going to talk about Eels in 2011. Hot town, summer in the city. Back of my neck, getting dirty and gritty. Been down, isn't it a pity? Doesn't seem to be a shadow in the city. All around, people looking after Eels. So this is a man named Mark Oliver Everett. And it's sort of his like rotating uh, like group music project. So sometimes it's just him. Sometimes he's got some people with him. Sometimes he's got a whole big band with him. Sometimes it's him and I don't know. It's some animals he met in the woods or something. You know, it's one of those whatever he needs it <laughs> to be. Whoever he can kind of get. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, they have great names though. Did you look at some of the other like band band members? No, I did names? not. Butch, uh, Cool G Murder, Knuckles, <laughs> what? the Chet. Wait. <laughs> got knuckles on the track (laughs) yeah knuckles on uh let's see what what year was this one um 2013 knuckles was in the band until oh he would have been on this (laughs) as drums well Uh, probably not on this one then no (laughs) 
Um, I also like if you like like this is the membership like graph on Wikipedia. Mark Oliver El- Everett, his uh, he's the red bar and it's the key listed as vocals and most instruments. And everyone else just kind of has an instrument. Right, and they're just like we we do whatever. Anyway, uh, so this is the chat. Pretty, Did you like, mention the chat? Um, I thought it if I didn't say it out loud. Oh, <laughs> and yeah, so good, good names for band. Cool G murder. Uh, oh yeah, I didn't mention there's three O's in cool, and it's spelled with a K. That's right, buddy. Um. So all this for what is basically just an acoustic cover. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, it's like totally stripped down. Um, there's like a a s- kind of chimey synth sound, and then an acoustic guitar. Yeah, or an electric guitar actually. I think strumming. Oh yeah, I think you're right. So actually, like, not. I'm listening to it. It's it's like clean, but yeah. with a little echo or something on it. Yeah, like maybe a little over. Yeah. Um. And that's like pretty much it. Yeah, he takes um, it in a the chime direction, playing. like vocally. Sorry to, to run over you talking about the chime bit, but he puts that gruffness in his voice, and it kind of gives you that working man image we alluded to when we talked about the lyrics. Yeah, and it, it fits with like the smaller feeling of yeah. it because there's really like there's no drums, there's no drum, yeah, no no like percussion track. It's just that synthesizer and and the guitar the whole time and his voice so it feels smaller but like the strain in the voice kind of adds to that yeah. like so this is another one that's like more focused yeah and which ma- is really the problem we've had with some of the previous ones <laughs> <laughs> and it being a pretty basic song having a focused version is really a positive yeah and he this is the shortest version too he knows that with just a, a bare bone setup you go through the fucking verses you go through the chorus you get out yeah he he cuts out some of the repetition which is often a good idea mm-hmm. if especially if you're doing it in this kind of a style um the only thing i was going to say before was that the the chime synth line is based on the electric piano part right from the original the dun, 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 but it's much slower now. yeah and they don't even play during the chorus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the it's chorus just is just guitar, and it's very much, like, relaxing, whereas the other ones, the chorus is quite upbeat. This one's, like, relief from the sort of Yeah, eeriness. so still, like, tension release, yeah. but in a different way. In a different way. way. Um, yeah, so, like, it's slow, it's sparse, it's short, it's possibly even solo, um, but really there's two instruments. Yeah. Um, but, like... And I don't always like those types of covers, but I think this one was r- pretty well done. Yeah, I think he nailed it. And then you get a little uh, studio chatter at the end there. Uh, I Actually, this is allegedly a live recording, so I guess it was uh, at a show. And he says, we're going to keep celebrating summer as long as we damn well please. So presumably this was played in, like, winter. Maybe. It definitely doesn't sound, like, defiant the way he performs. Like, yeah. But that's rock and roll. That's rock baby. and roll, baby. Um, yeah, I got nothing else for this. Should we move to the final cover? Yeah, let's talk about Sandy Sass Soap. Put down summer in the city, back of my neck getting dirty and gritty. Been down, isn't it a pity? It doesn't seem to be a shadow in the city. 
Sandy Sasso in 2012. She's a jazz singer. I, I looked up. I looked up Sandy Sasso. I'm pretty sure this is not the first female reconstructionist rabbi. <laughs> no, that's right. The yeah, you look up Sandy Sasso, and it's this wild character. She's like a rabbi and a, a children's book author or something. Yeah, like, like. She's also the author of many children's books on religious topics. She, yeah, she's the first woman to have been ordained a rabbi. That's a not who we're talking about. <laughs> In Reconstructionist Judaism, which I, I don't know, Jewish sects. Well, it's, as soon as, uh, um, like, if a, if a synagogue breaks and you have to rebuild it, you have to give it to the Reconstructionist Jews. <laughs> Every time a synagogue breaks, there's just two more sects. It's just, <laughs> that's right, baby. That's just how it goes. Um, but, yeah. So, looks like Reform Judaism uh, had a female rabbi before her. But anyway, oh, okay. let's, yep. let's not worry about that. <laughs> What we worry about is that <laughs> That's not she's allegedly one of the busiest singers in the business, according to her website. I think, I think you can also get music lessons from her if you live in New Jersey. Yeah, I believe that's which correct. Which is the area code of the, uh, of the phone number that you can call. Well, sign me up, baby. Get yeah. me on the next plane to I don't Jersey. Know if, I don't know if she does them online. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe, maybe she's changed for, for COVID times. Um, so imagine jazz. I can do that. I'm imagining jazz. Now imagine uh, a, a, a woman singing the the lyrics okay. to Summer in the City. Summer in the City. Uh, do you mean the Love and Spoonful song, Summer in the That's City? That's correct. I do, yes. Um, okay. I thought you might be referring to the Now United song, Summer in the City. No, she hasn't done that one uh, yet. Or possibly the Hallmark movie from 2019 summer in the city yeah she does sing the whole movie that's <laughs> an album she's released uh joe cocker the version yeah oh a lot of people got a version of this baby um anyway yeah it's hard to narrow down but uh this is it's like it's like jazz but with some horns like it's bb king yeah yeah it's like it's also slow and it's more like saxophone horns yeah you know, in the like jazz tradition, mm. there's a lot of saxophone. There's other horns too, but you know, if you got to pick one, there's a decent chance it's saxophone. Um, but like, this one is like also fairly straightforward. Yeah. In terms of like its jazz translation, it's more on the like poppy side of jazz. Yeah. In that there's not like huge solos in it um but like it's pretty straightforward it does like some build because the horns come in after a bit and then they stick around and there's a there's a little piano solo it's it's like not huge this one didn't didn't stick with me all that much yeah i think after like it's it's fine like, like every other version we've heard on here like there was nothing left. Some really good there was ones. Nothing left to offer. Um. Yeah, but you know, it's yeah. still. I've heard worse jazz versions. It's passable. She's fine at singing. It's all, but it's not standout. Yeah, I mean, we're comparing it to some pretty significant versions. Yeah. Um. But this one, yeah, this one is like. If you're going to see Sandy Sasso and she plays this, you'd be like, yeah, right, right on. on. Yeah, it certainly wouldn't hurt. Uh, with that, we're going to get to our be like, final verdicts, unless you got something else there to say, Alex. 
Nope. Final verdicts. We got three categories today, as we always do. These three categories are the worst version, the best version, and the version that's going to make you come on, come on, and dance all night. Despite the heat, okay. it'll be all right Despite the heat. in the summer, in the city, in the summer, in the city. Alex, worst version, why? Worst version, why? Um, hmm. There were two that were kind of underwhelming in particular. <laughs> and those are the two that just kind of translated into hard rock versions for me right. so tea and sticks were less interesting okay um sticks is tough for me because i've actually listened to it quite a bit right um i think i have to give it to tea i'm not sure i can judge the sticks version very well mm, i think you're i think you're a fool giving it to tea i think tea had a I could i could much more fool. exciting composition better vocals um i'm giving they it did to have sticks. horns they did have horns yeah, they had those horns and those horns and the string section. Like, it was actually, as far as hard rock goes, you don't really hear it like that. At least not in my experience. True. But I think I've, I don't know if, yep. You don't know if you have. Sorry, I was starting to stutter and I needed to stop. <laughs> All good. What don't you know, Alex? It's anything. All right, fair enough. No, yeah, I, I disagree with you. I, I respect your opinion, Alex, but Sticks is the worst. It's it's just such a phoned-in job. Uh, like, Tommy Shaw probably did the vocals in one take. I was like, that's good. Yeah, good job. In the city. It fucking sucked. <laughs> the whole thing sucked. Um, Alex, what's the best version? Hmm, best version. You know, this one... I mean, I know the two best versions, and I think my best version was BB King. Um, yeah, it was a really good blues translation of this song, and it sounded really cool, and it was super bluesy and yeah, it's good yeah, time. it was fucking I perfect. I think from start to finish. Yeah, yeah, I, I I like the Quincy Jones one too, which is really good. Also very good, but I just if I have to choose between blues and jazz. Actually, I'm not going to say I would only pick it because it's blues. No, I think it has a few more things true. going for it than that, including most of the yeah. lyrics, if not all of them. Oh, oh, oh yeah, there's that. Too. Yeah, but yeah, I thought I thought BB King's version was phenomenal. It hit. It just it just hit. It was perfect. With that, Alex, what's the the version that's going to make you come on, come on, and dance all night? Despite the heat, it'll be all right. Despite the heat, it'll be all right. It might be the Manfred Mann version. Damn, we are on the same this wavelength. This felt the most like. This felt the most like dancey. Also, it's the longest, so. Yeah, so you get the most bang it's for your buck. Yeah, all night long. Yeah, there's so much going on in that version, that even if you're bad at dancing, you can find some instrument to latch onto and and work something, something out. Something to make you come on, come on and dance. All yeah, night. I think I think that's the one. That's 100% the one that's going to make you and I and the nation come on, come on, and dance all night. The nation of Canada. The nation of Canada will come on, come on, and dance all night tonight to the smooth sounds of Manfred Mann's Earth Band and their single, Summer in the City. That was my... Uh... Which is where we are and what time it is. That's right, baby. Um, that's our final verdict. If you guys have similar opinions, different opinions, or want to talk to us about one of the many versions we didn't talk about, 
hit us up on Twitter, hashtag CoverMePod, at Jake the Cressy, at some Alex Wise guy. You can also email us at CoverMePod at gmail.com. Send us your comments, questions, concerns. Be sure to rate and review us on, uh, uh, you know, any podcasting app where you can do that. We're on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, some of these other little weird ones where it's just like a word and an R on the end. It'll be like, what? but like what like wattage or something and you can find us there that's not a real one don't look for that one unless it is a real one but we're there don't look for it but we're there but we're there but don't look for it but we're there look at one of the big ones why are you I, who goes to these other little rinky dink ones i don't even understand it yeah i don't know what the business model is yeah though. i don't i don't get it um regardless that's where you can find us we got a bonus segment coming at you real quick alex uh, in in the song "Summer in the City" by the Love and Spoonful, it, mm-hmm. it the the thesis of the song is that summer nights are in fact better than summer days. Uh, would you like to weigh in for or against that opinion? For or against? Well, it's really hot uh, during the day. Yeah. Um, case in point, me right now, but I got a fan, mm-hmm. so I'm okay. Right. But. Uh, I do like summer nights. Do I prefer summer nights? Here's the thing about summer nights is you can drive with the windows down, which is something I like to do in the summer and haven't gotten many chances to do because of COVID and not going places. Right. Um, Sometimes I wonder if I would have gone places anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But I think I would have been out more. Um, So are summer nights better than summer days? Yes, I think they probably are. Mm. Although I don't mind summer mornings, yeah, because they're kind of they can be cool. Oh yeah, as if, well. and if you're getting up early enough in the summer that you're getting like the morning experience, it's fucking groovy. Yeah. Like, things haven't heated up Which yet, but it's bright. I am. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, and like honestly, I think the answer here is just siesta. Mm. Like, cause it's real hot in the middle of the day, and we have a word for that. Not really. We have a solution. We have for a solution that. for that at the very least. We've yeah. It's. So, yeah. I think you might be right. Take out take out your high noon time with a quick nap and then just enjoy all of the good parts of summer, which is the rest of it. Yeah. My argument was going to be that perhaps summer days are for the kids and summer nights are for the for the adults. But perhaps perhaps, perhaps. Uh, some there's other there's things you can do in summer days. I mean, summer days are very hot. Um I remember having a lot of water fights. I guess that is a case uh, or a point in favor of it being for the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and water-related things are good to do oh, yeah. in the summer, especially for someone like me who gets very cold when I am around or in water. Um, if it's not like 25 degrees plus and there's and I'm wet, then I'm freezing. Right, so it keeps you heated so, so you can go to the pools. Yeah. Or if you're in a, exactly. a coastal city, you can exactly. go to the beach. Beach days, man, big in favor of summer beach days. days. Yep, yep. Although very hot. Um, now I burn really easily, mm. but honestly, if I didn't, I feel like summer days would be good for me because I generally run a little cool, like cold, like yeah, temperature wise. Yeah, 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 I follow. So, so if I wasn't like, if my skin wasn't on fire, then I think it would be. Yeah, it might. It might tip this in favor of summer days right. but i think it's got to go for that's got to go for tonight's yeah i think you're right i think if you're if you, I, my other argument might be if you're big on lounging in the sun if you just like to fucking lay somewhere and soak up rays while doing a fairly passive act reading a book or just like having some drinks and hanging out with people summer days are great mm-hmm. but yeah summer nights lets you be a little more active a little more loose you can dance all night 
and it will be all right. Yeah. I guess the other thing is I've not spent summer in like a major urban environment. Right. Or like a like a Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, like like Phoenix, Arizona where or or like Las Vegas or something where it gets real hot mm-hmm. and like unbearable outside. Um so I'm not talking about that. That probably is too much. Probably. That's too much. Yeah. I think I don't know. I you made some good points about summer nights. I, I think I might have to agree with that. I'm, I'm a, we're gonna lock it down. Cover me as a pro summer nights podcast. Uh, if y'all want to weigh in with your opinion, if you if you like summer days, hashtag summer yays. If you like if you like hashtag summer nights, say hashtag summer nays. That's Y A Y S and N A Y S. Yes. Let's want to make it like just like ma- just so y'all spell summer nays like mayonnaise. Nay, summer days, or like horses. New summer days, <laughs> summer days. That's the show, folks. It's... Unless Alex wants to talk about summer days some more. Well, I mean, I was thinking we could like have basically sunflower oil mayonnaise. Mm, okay. Product, which is probably not healthy, but we could call it summer days, and it'd be very. There cool. you go. Um. All right. Well, that is the episode, as always, and as we always say, uncover me. But at night, it's a different world. Go out and find an episode of Cover Me. Come on, come on, and listen all night. Despite the bad covers, it'll be all right. Sometimes I like to do a long outro. Okay, that's it. (laughs) 